Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. Hello and welcome, and should I say, Happy New Year. I hope you guys have had a wonderful festive season. As I think we're recording this prior to Christmas, but I'm pretty sure I've spoken to our producer and director that this will be the number one uh, episode going out in 2024. And talking of number ones, the Christmas number one, um, I was going to say now then, now then, now then, but that's really inappropriate. Um, (laughs) 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 Show my age then. Um, uh, Talking of number ones, we have been on a journey with this podcast. And as we spoke on a previous episode, we've loved the journey that we've taken with all of our guests. But there is one of our guests that's really stood out that from the minute it went live, it rocketed to the number one spot and it continues to be downloaded uh, daily, hourly. It's it's smashing all the other records. Not to say that the others uh, you know, are not as good. It's just that I think this person's got more friends than we can ever think of and it connects with so many people. But um, first of all, Amy, it's great to have you back in our virtual studio. It was uh, Did you have a lovely Christmas? <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy, yeah, New, Happy New Year. Year. <laughs> we can't say if you had a nice because we're recording this before Christmas. But yeah. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that I've got, had a nice Christmas. Yes. So it's, thank it's, you. It's fabulous. Um, so let's get on to our guest uh, today. And as I mentioned, it was the number one downloaded show. Uh, it's with his very honest and brutal story, but incredibly, a story of strength and hope. Please welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Niall Cogan, all the way from Ireland. How are you this morning, sir? And I know it's super early over there again. Yes, yeah, just uh, just gone 6 a.m. here in Killaloo. Um, it's a dry morning. It's cold. It's not that cold, but it's yeah. a dry, dry morning. We're he- heading into our uh, last week before Christmas, yeah. um, and we're really, really excited. Yeah, it's a crazy good. time of year, isn't it? And this, I mean, when we're crazy recording time. this now, it's just about it is the build up. It's the Monday morning of the busiest week of the year. Well, hopefully for most of us. Yeah. Um, and so we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, which. Leads me into um, one of the, we've got lots of questions from our from our listeners, which we'd love to shoot past you because yeah. obviously, and if, and if you if you are listening to us for the first time, um, please go back in the back episodes. I can't remember which episode it was now. I should have done my research before we went on, but you'll hear Niall's story in full. Um, and as I mentioned, it is a very incredible story, brutally honest, of, uh, and a story of strength and hope. But we've got some uh, questions from our listeners, also. It's amazing how many people listen that I wasn't aware of. And people have stopped me. Clients of ours have stopped me and said, 
you need to get Nile back on and ask him a few yeah. questions because they said it was amazing. So, so yeah. thank you for that. Um, now I do know that the the well, one of the questions was, um, what does Nile do on a daily basis to 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 deal with? Which I'll come to the proper question in a second. And I know that his day starts super early because he was messaging me this morning at Irish time at 10 to 5. So you are up mm. super early. Yeah. Is, is this a daily thing? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I, was, I, was, I was recently uh, just diagnosed with a hernia, right? Uh, I'm I, so and, sorry. Yeah, but look, uh, this year, this year, I, I'm very good at getting up early. Once I make my mind up that, that I'm going to get up, I, I get up. Um this year, like I hit twenty stone earlier in the year. I stopped smoking last October. Congratulations! Uh, just, was, just, just, um, I was, I, I suffer from cluster migraines, and they, they called them. They actually call them the suicide headaches. They are, they're incredibly bad. When and when they come about, they are, they, they, they take hold in a cycle with me. And, um, in last October, twenty twenty two, uh, I, I ended up in a cycle and and of course i'm an addict as you know and yeah. smoking uh i do you know the funny thing is i've never missed drinking right but i miss smoking every minute of the day mate i hear you 100 <laughs> when I, I hear you 100 yeah. percent. you just hit two nails there one of them which amy poor thing was out for three days last week yeah, right, with a migraine. Migraine. I'm the yeah. same. I, I I get it now. And and mm. just for anyone who's listening, it's not a headache, right? People go, oh yeah. yeah. No, no. Why don't you take no, and, some and, and and cluster and cluster migraines? They you know they're they're just the the problem with cluster migraines is that they when they hit like you could have up to ten cluster migraines in a day, um. They can last anything from forty minutes to three hours, you know. And yeah. and and the crushing thing about them <clears throat> is that once when when it's gone, when the the headache is gone, and you close your eyes and relax, and you thank goodness that the pain is gone, you might fall asleep for ten seconds, two minutes, three minutes. You wake up and it's back. Yeah, you know, That's and. And you know the, the the very very interesting thing was when when I came out into sobriety at the beginning, I had this lovely lovely doctor, and when I started to suffer from cluster headaches really really bad, the the most the strongest uh, drug she would give me would be ibuprofen. Now ibuprofen doesn't cut it. So, so I ended up having to change my doctor and sit down with my new doctor and say, I'm an addict, but ibuprofen doesn't cut it. She was too afraid to give me anything stronger. So yeah. when the cluster headaches kick in, I've got oxygen. <clears throat> I've got uh, um, Oxycontin. I've got oh. uh, diazepam. I've mm. got uh, um, that nasal spray, um, the, the, the name of it. And I have to <clears throat> immediately delve into this medical cycle. Yeah. And she was terrified that she, if she gave me anything like that, because you know how strong Oxy is. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, but in actual fact, they just take your headache from, uh, from the possibility have, of having a three hour cluster headache to, uh, to maybe a 10 or 15 minute cluster headache. 
and mm. but 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 it doesn't prevent the next one. So you have to you have to still live out the pain when the next one comes along. But I stopped smoking on the tenth of October, and I haven't got any cluster headaches this year. Wow! I still do a little bit of vaping. Yeah. Still do a little bit of vaping because yep. I need that something. Yeah. Um. And I thought that I, I wouldn't be able to live without the cigarettes because it was my, after each client, quick zip out of the salon, gather myself for my next client back in. Yeah. I fully, I fully so I get it. I don't have that now. I don't yeah. have it. So 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 I miss the cigarettes much more than I ever miss the alcohol. Like I, I, think. I, I agree. Like, I think out of everything, the drugs and the alcohol, um, that, I mean, it's in, interesting because now four and a half years later, uh I certainly, I can be around it and it doesn't bother me. But when I stop smoking, yeah. if someone smokes near me, I have to walk away because it's like, yeah. oh, you know, if I'm, I go through bouts where I don't and I do, but it's the number, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to give up. It really is. Yeah. Even with, when we interviewed Eden Sassoon, that was, I think I was counting days back then and I was losing my mind, really losing yeah. my mind. Yeah, it's it's, really, it's yeah. really, really tough. Whatever they have in cigarettes, Whatever the chemicals are in those little sticks, yeah. I'm telling you. And, they, and let's be honest, out of everything we've been addicted to, they're probably the number one thing that's guaranteed to kill us, right? You know, so yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and right. you know, you know, you know, the funny thing is that that uh, in my in my press here, I've got a full box of oxy, a full box of diazepam, and and the funny thing about about addiction and where you are in your life, um. You know, because I'm so comfortable now, uh, you know, like, like I, that's their painkillers. Do you know what I mean? They're painkillers. They're not emotional killers. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. like anything. You, it's like you, if you abuse them, they can be anything you want. It's funny you should say that now that you've got them in the house and they don't, they're not winking at you, basically. Like, take one in the morning, take yeah. one in the evening. And our next door neighbor recently moved. Um, yeah. we've been friends with them for quite some time and they never knew that we didn't drink. And uh, when they left, they went, look, we've got this box or this case of Aperol spritz and we've got this champagne and things and we're not <laughs> going to take it to the new house we, and we've left it at your back step. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it sits in my laundry. And uh, so if if, um, if you got a bottle of Aperol spritz from me for Christmas, that's because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because i walk in the laundry every day and i see it sitting there and i'm like wow how different is my life when yeah. i look at that and i have not one inkling of desire to go oh that could mm. be fun it's just been completely removed from me um yeah. which is uh, yeah. for that i'm very very grateful and thankful but let's get into our first question um this is one from one of our listeners and also my friend and she's when i messaged her and said because she messaged me and she said you need to get now back on so i said look we are going to be doing it and she said i'm so excited to have now back um i'd love to hear about the practical things that he did and uh, and does um, to course correct the post cliffs incident I know he did an intensive period of meetings, but he said he doesn't feel he needs to keep those up now. I think he said he practices gratitude. I'd love to hear more about what exactly that involves, really on a day-by-day -day or, or week-by-week stuff. Could you get him to talk through a good day, for example, and then to get him to talk through a bad day when he struggles and exactly what does he do? Well, what a, what a huge question. Yeah, sorry, there's a <laughs> lot in there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, where yeah. do we start? 
as as we say, straight in, no kissing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so obviously in the last podcast we touched on how difficult the first two three years were in sobriety, and yeah. and as Meany said to me, you come from a place of privilege. You got picked up at the door. You got brought home. The fire was lighting. The kids were there. You know, um, there's a lot of people that don't get picked up at the door and they don't have a warm home to return to and they don't have the support at home to to get in and rebuild their business. That is absolutely in the toilet. Right. Um, So so that's a brilliant question by your friend. And and, and it's one that's going to take a little bit of thinking because. Every day is different, like every day is different. And and I do know that we need to follow routines. We need to we need to look look at our really really look at ourselves. I think I'm I'm in a very blessed situation that that I needed to focus on two things. I need to focus on being the best partner Mealy could have, dad to the two boys that I had the opportunity of being a partner, a dad to. And I needed to become a leader in my salon and I needed to become the fucking best hairdresser that I possibly could. Because I think we touched uh, in the last podcast that conformity is the absolute opposite to courage, right? Yeah. And, 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 And I think that in our lives we're forced to conform, okay? And that was always in the back of my mind. So, so to take that question and to absolutely look at it, I had to completely immerse myself in change, okay? And yeah. <clears throat> the only constant in life is change. Um, and when, when you're going through a period of change, you tend to watch people that aren't going through a period of change. And watch how comfortable they are being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I, I think that that there's a difference between discomfort and pain. Um, constructive healing uh, is very painful, um, and and those first three years were very painful. So I, I had to focus on my hair cutting. Right and now. I had every minute of every day, because I'm a booked out hairdresser, I would arrive in the salon and I would get away from behind that chair until seven o'clock in the evening, okay? Mm-hmm. So there was nothing to distract me, okay? So yeah. on your on, on to your friend's question, I had a super busy day every day, yeah. okay? So I had that, like, that, 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 I, I didn't have time to look sideways. It needed to be the absolute focus. But uh, somebody told me that addicts in recovery are absolutely blessed because lots of people don't have the ability to completely transform their life because they have no real reason to, right? Yeah. Mm. But you're in a situation where you have to transform everything. I mean, yeah. what a blessing that you can, like I remember J.K. Rowling said, and she was an addict. She yeah. was an alcoholic before she wrote Harry Potter. And oh, she wow. hit rock bottom. She hit rock bottom. That. Yeah. She hit rock bottom. She was bankrupt. She was That's right. 
she was in she was rock bottom and she said to herself i'm going to use this rock bottom as a solid foundation in which to rebuild my life mm. and yeah. by god did she do that so what she did was she sat in front of that computer every day and she wrote the harry potter books in my small scale i sat behind that chair and i started to live breathe hair because yeah. I knew I'd conformed all my life. I'd listened to people say, oh, you're not all that good. You're not all that in a bag of chips. You're not, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, like people will do everything in their power to make sure that you stay average like them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a Niall, very sad place to be. No, did, did you, sorry to interrupt, but, you know, uh, I get that. And I find, I was thinking about it today because I had the day off. And I'm yeah. like, it's so much actually easier when I go to work and I've got something to distract me and focus on. I was home alone today um, doing bits and pieces. But do you not find that when you're in that cycle of work, like I'm, and I'm, where I'm going with this is, is that with, to me, when I was using, I did work extremely hard and then I'd need that release and that escapism as where now I don't. I still, yeah. I think I probably work harder now than I've ever done in my entire life. Because I'm yeah. I'm up early, I'm more focused. But yeah. there is that saying, the dry drunk, where you can become yeah. so obsessed, almost addicted yeah. to doing stuff. And so there uh what I'm trying to say is there could be a danger sign there and go and pressing the fuck it button, right? And I, I can't yeah. Like, yeah. especially when you have a bad day. You know, you might have yeah. two staff leave and someone else and someone call in sick and you're working yeah. really hard. And then yeah. all of a sudden you go, oh, get me a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, do you, absolutely. Do you think that that's, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is, is that working hard and focusing behind the chair, like, I, like I'm seeing there's a bit of a red flag there. There can be, yeah, some, no. you, you must be doing something else to, yeah, I you've, got incredi- you've got incredible support with Millie and, and your family. Yeah. Uh, as I, as do I, but I just think you know you, you must be very an, an incredible incredible guy to be able to do what you're doing. Well, well, like I think that I I can't you know I can't qualify enough how different your headspace is when you're drinking. Yes, and I'm not, I don't mean drinking during the day. I mean uh, drinking every night. Okay, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and you come into work. And then when you're not drinking and you come into work, okay, because because drinking affects your vagus nerve, okay? Yeah. And you will constantly live, you might be drunk during the day, but you're still feeling the fucking effects of it, okay? Yeah. Because you feel shame, okay? There's no question, like, shame is an yeah. awful thing because shame takes up 50% of your headspace. And then you're trying to concentrate on hair. And you're thinking, you know, when you'd wake up in the morning, because I'd black out almost after two glasses of wine in the end, whatever was the, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd gauge Mealy's reaction as to what she was yeah. like. You know, <laughs> did she, you know, I'd, I'd test the waters to see, did I say something last night that might have pissed her off? Or did I talk shit again? Or... You know, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't remember. I remember uh, reading that David Bowie, who I actually ended up meeting, my, my idol, 
I remember reading that he couldn't remember recording station to station from the greatest albums ever made, right? And then in sobriety, you look back and I think there are entire relationships I can't fucking remember. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was I was constantly in a state of drinking the night before, shame the following day. Drinking the night before, shame the following day. So yeah. in actual fact, when when I stopped drinking, and this is relevant to your, your friend's question, my focus then uh, the the shame of, of of I wonder what I did last night, I wonder what I said last night, I wonder what kind of situation it was, even with a, a bottle of wine, you know. Mm. Now it's focused on now it's focused on the hair. And you're you're absolutely right, Clive, in saying that, you know, that, that can be a red flag because the the isms with it's addict it's addiction again, isn't it? Like you're in your 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 focus, you're zoomed in, but there's so many things to deal with in in sobriety, at the start of sobriety, like mm. uh righting the wrongs, uh becoming the hairdresser you've always wanted to be, but you were held back in conformity, becoming the leader that you always wanted to be, but you didn't know how to be. You know, like there were so yeah. many things that you, yeah. but the only constant in life is change. And, and, and you're going through a period of absolutely immense change. Uh, you don't realize you're blessed at the time. 10 years yeah. later, I look back and look at how blessed I was because I used that energy to become a completely different man completely mm. different partner, completely different father, completely different hairdresser, uh, um, completely different boss. And uh, it was, it was a, it was a serious battle, you know, a serious yeah. battle with myself. But, but as they said in the rooms, as they said in the AA rooms, you never forget your last drunk. So mm. it never leaves you. Uh, I can, yeah. even while I'm talking to you now, I can vividly remember the, not so much the drinking part of the night, but the the immediate effects of the realization of what happened the following day. You know, like on that day one, ground zero, as yeah. I call it. Never forget you it. You know how many people we've had, Niall, who've messaged us after your episode and gone, what happened that night? And yeah. we've spoke we've spoke about you know certain things in the past um, yeah. where you know on even on on the podcast where sometimes people have to get to the worst of the worst experience to change, but some yeah. people actually it, it it it's not rock 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 bottom and they but it's enough and they're like I'm done yeah. and I'm going to change yeah what was that particular night i mean do you have any memory of what happened like people really are asking well, just like what yeah, happened yeah yeah well well i i know i know what happened but i don't have a recollection of it myself but Got it. it was uh but but i but i know in great detail what happened so um and i think that when you hit that final rock bottom, okay? And now looking back on it, you realize that there were actually much worse incidents in your life that had happened previously that should have been an absolute rock bottom for you, but your situation in your life didn't 
didn't point towards the fact that that might be the case. But in this case, it absolutely certainly did. Now, now the events of that night after winning Irish Sound of the Year completely coked off my nut and absolutely and utterly lying to everybody in my life about the fact that I wouldn't drink, that I wasn't drinking. Like driving, uh, um, saying that I was driving home from Dublin uh, on, on a, a quantity of alcohol and drugs, uh, complete, telling mainly that I drove home from Dublin. But in actual fact, I got one of my apprentices to drive home from Dublin. And wow. then I drove... I, I drove the last couple of miles myself in that condition. I mean, that's, there's no, there's, you know, um, just, you know, um, and ab- my behaviour with the staff that night, my my um, my behaviour in the car, my behaviour, uh, just my representation of my brands. When you're in that situation, you just, they're, 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 Disgusting behaviour, you know, um, uh, painful behaviour and and, and being inappropriate with people just like, yeah, Clive, can you imagine being an Australian Salon of the Year? Yeah, I have many times. (laughs) Yeah, and then then being at the event and like, you know, like... and I'm going to be honest now, at every hair awards I've ever been to, and, and I was that person for many, many years. And, and I, I, it's funny because when I go to the awards now, I see people acting in similar ways. Not as much as it did in the 90s, that's for sure. The 90s, it was crazy. Um, people are a little bit more conscious of the way they look and the way that they behave and they don't want to get them their, their outfits messed up or whatever. But I, I do see, especially... Um, Sometimes, unfortunately, the person that didn't win, and then yeah. we've all heard it where they go, ah, it's fucking rigged, and I fucking hate you, yeah. and hate you, and this and that, and you know, this shit. And, and then I just, I've, and I've been that vile to people in the past, um, and it's, and it's horrible, and it's confronting. Yeah. It's, um, it is, it is awful. And I, as you were talking there now, I'm thinking, you know what, there's probably going to be a lot of people out. Um, that that made that have made a New Year's resolution. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to cut down. Yeah. And this is January yeah. the fifth. And just like yeah. I did, um, I, I just went crazy on searching podcasts. Right? You may be listening yeah. to this podcast for the very first time, and and uh, and thinking. And in Australia, it is summertime, and we just yeah. like you get your European summer. Our yeah. summer is from basically from Christmas time. Most people take January off. So yeah. you've got a lot of downtime in this time. You've got family. You've got pressures of Christmas. You've got financial stress. Our mortgage rates have gone through the roof. You've got yeah. all these bits, and then all of a sudden you go, "I can't afford to drink." But you've got that. You've got that merry-go-round of well, f- yeah. Fuck it. It's eleven o'clock. I'm 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 on yeah. holiday. What am I going to yeah. drink? And yeah. so, yeah. what would you? And and thanks for. Share, for sharing your story on on the night, and as I've got anxiety when I was listening to it because I've been there, yeah. so. <laughs> but I think <laughs> let's. Um, what would you know on a daily basis of if you are thinking of doing going down that path? Well, what could you do? I mean, you've got say you're not working. Um, what can you do to create 
to a, a better health space for your mind, I suppose. Okay, that's uh, well, uh, like guys, let let's have a look at the world we're in at the moment, right? Yeah, it's an absolute exactly. chaos. Okay, and yeah. and 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 you know. Did did I say in the last podcast that that the narrative around mental health, right, has completely softened the reality of what mental illness is? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. everybody's talking about about um, oh, it's good to talk and it's good to do this and it's good to do that, right? <clears throat> and a lot of people. And I will get to the answer of your question, but a lot of people are throwing themselves into social media. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah. They're, oh, they're, yeah. They're, 100%. They're, and, 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 and the population of the world are headline readers. Yeah. So they don't even read the articles, right? Yeah. So they're taking the clickbait headlines and they're driving themselves absolutely mad, right? Yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm watching and, and they react rather than respond. Okay, mm-hmm. we're terrible reactors when we're drinking. I've learned how to respond today. Um, so, so when when I find myself in a situation where I'm maybe second guessing my myself in terms of sobriety and stuff, for me, my music, um, my music is absolutely everything. I I, ca- I can't believe how just how much music I actually listen to. Um, it's it's. I think in this world where, if you did you see Shane McGowan's funeral the other day? I did. It was bonkers. Yeah. So so it made me look at it and say, in this era of social media and chaos and war and everything, music is going to be the thing that's going to take us out the other side because we need to focus on things that we love. Everybody loves some form of music. It's a soul soother. Social media has become the greatest scourge in the history of our lives, uh, yeah. and it's driving the youth insane. I think. I um, so, <clears throat> so, so I got to focus. When I got to focus, uh, I I focus on music. Uh, you know, I do a bit of DJ, and I've been communicating with Nick, your friend yeah. Nick Irwin, yeah. who yeah. Uh, I idolized as a young Legend. man, watching yeah. him on stage with Tony and Guy, and up with Anthony Mascolo, and yeah, but. Um, music for me, music for me, and listening to other people talk about um, their lives uh, through podcasts, music and podcasts. So, so my my most valuable time is driving. Uh, yeah. Do you like driving, guys? I yeah, love, I, love I absolutely love, love driving, and yeah. and luckily I've got a forty minute commute to and from mm-hmm. work. Yeah. I listen to music and I I I, I focus I, I you know I focus on recovery for that day you know yeah. um, I think yeah. we're always in recovery aren't we and mm-hmm. and when when you finish your day's work you 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 need recovery time if I was to leave the salon and go upstairs to an apartment um I, and I didn't get the recovery time I think that's, that's that I point. would be in a different space that's a so great my point, recovery. Great. Like my drive, recovery, drive. I have 40 minutes on the way home from work. I have 40 minutes recovery time um, to to get out of work mode and get out of um, um, boss mode and uh, yeah. get out of artist mode, if you like. That's I'm a brilliant reset. Amazing reset. Mode. Like you think 40 yeah. minutes is a time where you're alone in the car 
Yeah. yeah. And that, that's just put a whole new tilt on commuting, right? It's like people, yeah. oh, it's a 40-minute drive. Or it's like that saying, oh, I've got to drive home for 40 minutes. Yeah. Just saying, I get to drive home and I get 40 minutes of my own time listening yeah. to what it like it's the same it's the same drive different mindset yeah, yeah so whenever totally. i'm in I traffic yeah. whenever i'm in traffic or in traffic jams and and i see the people around me like fuck you know i'm like <laughs> yeah God, I, might, I might i might i might i might get to the end of this podcast or and i dj once a month you know i did tell you that didn't i like I've, yeah, yeah. i yeah i set up a vinyl only club night and um yeah, uh, and and next year we're gonna we're gonna link up when you come to visit your sister in Killarney. Yeah, we're gonna link up and bring Nick over to play some records in my club, I, and we'll get together. I'd, as a... I'd love that. You know, it's Yay. it's it's yeah. so sorry, Amy. I don't mean to just keep jumping in. I am very conscious of the fact that <laughs> but, I'm just. But jumping. just to go back on just to go back on that, Clyde. So so what I listen to in the car mostly is the records that I have in my collection, or any new records that I might have got. And and I listen to them with a view of where I'm going to play them or how I'm going to play them in my club. So I spend a month preparing for each gig, you know, even wow. though it might only be a two-hour gig. And that is my recovery time daily in the car on the way home. It For me, it's absolutely essential. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when I get home, it's like, oh, here we are, we're home. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm found, I, I, I found it much more difficult a lot of my um work that I've been doing recently has been at home especially after covid so many more things in one hand has been really good because I've been able to just get up work you know kids come home from school and whatever but I'm not getting the downtime and I really really resonate with what you're saying because I used to enjoy yeah. getting in the car even yeah. if it's tw- even if it's 20 minutes do you know what I mean? Of just letting go of the day, put taking the off the work hat, waiting to put the mum hat back on, but having that separation before because now what's happening is I'm working all day and then I'm stopping at the moment that the kids might rush in, and then it's like, whoa, and my brain's just not commuting what's happened, and I actually have to just give them a snack and still take half an hour for myself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You just got to. Yeah. It's look, look, it's, it's you've got to, you've got to look at this as that recover, recovery time after. And, and, and I wonder since COVID, because mm. more and more people have been working from home and you see more and more anger on the internet. Mm. I wonder, yeah. are people yeah. not getting to detach themselves from what work and home is, and yeah. and, and I'm yeah. sure it was a great novelty at the beginning, but I think we're built for routine, and I think once once that's taken away from us, like when you when you see the guy that's in the shirt and the tie and the blazer on Zoom, and he stands up and walks away, and he's in his jocks. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like that's me know, right now. He hasn't fulfilled <laughs> his routine. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't fulfilled his routine. Yeah. He's got half dressed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You're right. He's half yeah. dressed. And consciously. So somewhere mentally, he's like, yeah. I'm not actually prepared for this meeting because I've got pink boxer shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> and my dog is licking my toes. 
<laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. You know, um, <laughs> I, what I wanted to ask you now, what I'm really interested in is, um, you know, yourself, you've been, you know, sober for 10 years now. Um, and everyone talks about, you know, the first part of the journey being the hardest where maybe, you know, there's lots of change going on. You know, you, you threw yourself into work. You, you know, you, you gave yourself that commitment. Was there, a, was there, a, was there, do you ever look back now over the 10 years and think, right, there was a moment actually where I could take the foot off the pedal a little bit when it came to that, that I didn't have to be yeah. so like, well, I've just got to focus on work. I've got to get through every day. This is what I've got to do. Do, do you know where, do you know what I mean? With yeah, that? No, like, I was, do. There, was there a moment where it became easier, I guess, is the question. Mm, okay. Um, I think I think that it definitely over time became much easier. I don't know whether there was a moment that I thought to myself, this is easy, because yeah. guys, life isn't easy. No. Um you know, it's it like whether you're whether you're a lucky person that can actually drink and enjoy it and you know and be normal, yeah. <laughs> life isn't easy for them either. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you know, so every everybody is going through their own struggles, and and you know, and I think people like to hear about people that have been in the doldrums, and 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 in 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 a certain way, everybody is. I learned. Um, uh, for for me, it definitely got easier. Uh, I think the more I started to believe in myself, because my self hatred was so great. You know, my, like I had to, I, I had to think: Was I actually comfortable being rejected? <laughs> you know, when I wasn't being rejected, was there something wrong? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Was I comfortable when my salon was in chaos? Because I remember looking at the head, the the title of this book once, and it was called "Reject Me." I love it. I said, yeah. pick it up and read it. But, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I went, whoa, you know, maybe, I, maybe I love it. And that was, they, they were in my drinking days. And I was like, wow, who would read a book like that? I'd like to yeah. see it again and see if I would read it. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm hyper, uh, I suppose I've always been hyper focused, uh, first in seeking people's approval. Um, when you're in 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 your drinking um, cycle, mm-hmm. and uh, now in seeking my own approval, um, did I do a good job on that client? Did I deliver a hundred percent? You know, was I the best that I could be today? You know, and and the worst man for beating myself up as well. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. but but that self hatred isn't there. You know, like like I don't know whether you would have done this, Clive, but like, would you stand in the mirror every morning and go, "You're a fucking fuck up." Yeah, you know, absolutely. like you're, <laughs> you're an absolute, you know. No, I don't yep. do that anymore. You know, like the, I've embarked on a, I, I embarked on a weight loss journey because I ate my ass off after I stopped smoking, <laughs> yeah. and I got to twenty stone. <laughs> yeah. I got to twenty stone, like, and I was just, I was ashamed about that because I, you know, I'm sitting sitting at the top of one of the most highly regarded salons and. And and I'm fully booked as a stylist, and people must walk in and go, 
oh, he's a bit fat, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but, but I embarked, I embarked on, I said to myself, I, I need to sort this shit out, like at 54 years of age. So uh, I've, I'm down to 16, 11 now. Uh, I started in, in, in September. It's now... Well done. The, so I'm down to 16, 11. I'm on, the, I'm on the path. I feel so much better. I get the compliments every day. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it feels like a, another journey, you know, because I had let myself get far too heavy. But, um, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, even, like, when you say you stop smoking, like, even when I've tried to stop smoking, I'm not kidding you, because we always have to replace it with something. We've heard that on the, on the, on the podcast. There, I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to s- replace smoking with having a Kit Kat. And imagine how many Kit Kats yeah. I was going through a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted a sticky yeah. stick Kit Kat, and I love a Kit yeah. Kat. Um, and yeah, because and we're you, addicts, Clive. That's right. And, we're addicts. And you think, oh, yeah. really? I'm, what am I doing? I'm just now going to bring back diabetes if I'm having four Kit Kats a day. That's just yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Um, Niall, yeah. you you mentioned about music and Nico, and I have the pleasure of Nico. Nick Irwin introduced me to DJ, and he had turntables wow. when he lived here in Sydney. He taught me how to mix. He introduced me to some banging house tracks in the '90s, which really spurred my love for for that music. And at the time, um. And as the years went on, I got my own turntables, my own setup, my own vinyl collection, which I'm looking at it right here. I'm going to be, this is nothing to do with addiction, but this is about comparing yourself to other people. I see the setup you have in your house. And when you you posted some stuff on the weekend with playing some some sevens, the quality of your records and the quality of your equipment is unbelievably fantastic. Now, when I first got sober, all of my record collection up there was played at house parties and things and mixes. And yeah, I, would, yeah. I was a nightmare for putting records in the wrong sleeve because I couldn't, I was so out of it. And I'd throw them in the record box. They're scratched, they're this, they're, you know, my yeah. mix, my mixer had a drink in it every week, you know, the, yeah. the Coke, you know, whatever, whatever it was, there's more yeah. stuff. There was more stuff in that mixer than, than me sometimes. You were snorting lines off the mixer while you were DJing. You know, there was a, and I'm not kidding you, I actually pulled out a record not long after I got sober and a wrap of Coke fell out of it. And, no yeah. way. And, yeah, and it was, um, yeah. but my... Because you, you'd hide them in the most and, bizarre places. Yeah, um, but one of the things that when I first got sober, I loved music when I was drinking and partying, but I only ever played records when I was off my face. Like when I got drunk, yeah. I was like, right, we're having a session. Let's, and my house was yeah. known as the party house. When I got sober, yeah. I couldn't even look at those records because they were a trigger yeah. for me. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Now this is a long way around this question. I say this all the time, yeah. but with that, it's now I love music and I love to listen to music. I pull out those records yeah. and I'm actually gutted that some of them are in the state that they're in. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. so envious of yours. <laughs> So tell me about yeah. going and doing the club night with being yeah. sober. And I know Nick's sober yeah. too. Um, yeah. And you're seeing everyone having a great time, drinking and doing bits and pieces. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah, that's, that, okay, that's a brilliant question. It's a brilliant question for people that are, that are going to be facing this, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah. and uh, so, um, first of all, I, I was exactly the same as you, Clive. Like, I looked at I looked at my dance records. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of immer- immersed myself in my in my in my my, if you like, um, my general 
my general record collection rather than my dance records. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think <laughs> I don't know whether Mealy will agree with this, but I think in lockdown, Mealy said, why don't you go out and play some records in your shed? Like, like pl- you know, play records again, you know? Because lockdown to me was the greatest gift. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we find myself, found myself with this time off, you know? Yeah. To play football yeah. with Hugo. I could spend days yeah. with Ruben, you know? So I went out and I started playing records uh, again. Now, when I hit sobriety first, I I didn't go out. I didn't go to clubs. I didn't dream about DJing. No chance. Yeah. Uh, Before that's before lockdown. We're talking seven years. Okay. No DJing. And and uh, maybe one one gig a year, maybe a kind of a guest appearance type thing, you know. And then um, post lockdown, I approached. Rocky, well, the guy that owns the commercial, I launched their 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 first album yesterday uh, in in the commercial uh, live at the record room, and I said to him, "Look, I know I'm an, I'm know I'm old," <laughs> I said, "But like I have a real passion for records, and you've got a club called the Record Room. How would you fancy a vinyl only night?" And I expected him to say, uh, "You're a bit old in the tooth now, Niall. You know we've got all these young superstar DJs, and you know." And he went, "Absolutely, let's do this." And and, yeah. and and it put me back into the focus awesome. of playing music. Now, I, I said that once I stopped drinking, I never wanted to drink again. But I still couldn't really go out and be in a, that level of social setting without having a job to do. Okay? Right. Like it was our staff Christmas party on Saturday night. And we went to a, one of these massive Christmas party nights. And you've got 450 people there and everyone's up singing, Santa's this and Santa's that. And kiss my ass, I'm looking fabulous, right? And, 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 and I'm sitting there and, you know, no Heineken Zero is going to make me feel like I'm in party mode in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. My social anxiety is off the scale, completely off the scale. Yeah. Every minute my body is screaming, you need to get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. While yeah. my staff are knocking back their drinks and they're whoa up on the dance floor and they're giving it all that and <laughs> and I'm like, this is not for me. So I was there from eight o'clock till ten fifteen. Right. They're all married. They're all happy. They they're having a great time. They're all looking sensational. And I slipped away, put a little video into our WhatsApp group to say it was time for me to go. And, yeah. and and came home, you know. And, yeah. Congratulations. And, you know, yeah. and 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 it's like, what's my favorite part of DJ and Clive? It's driving home afterwards. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And not yeah. with so not, not one after I finish <laughs> DJing, that I get into my car and I'm like whoop whoop, and everyone's gone off to the party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're all like. And and I drive home and I go to this twenty four hour garage, on the on the Dublin road on the way home and and I get myself a coffee at three o'clock in the morning. My I goodness. get myself a coffee and a wrap, and I sit in the car <laughs> and I drink the coffee and eat the wrap and I'm yeah. not. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. you said, Clive. Like when when I was in my party days before I met Mealy in my house in Joseph Street in Limerick, I had the party after the gig. Every weekend, yeah, I was the one that you know took too much drugs, drank too much alcohol, ended up falling asleep on my couch while everybody 
that I didn't know that came back to my party lifted records and carted them out of my house. I'd say I lost two record collections in my party days from people just... Just I got out of a cab one night after DJing with two other DJs. Um, we went from DJing at a place on New Year's Eve to another party and we were so spangled, we forgot that our record boxes were in the boot until the cab drove off. Never seen again. Yeah. That three, yeah. three record collections from New Year's Eve just completely oh gone. Um, wow. Yeah. You that was crazy. the end of that. You keep mentioning... and yeah, um, I love the way you keep referring to Millie um, and how she mentioned to you, you know, why don't you go and play records? And I think, I, mean, I, I know yeah. I would be lost without my wife um, and pull, pull, clipping me around the ear sometimes and pulling me into, into line. But one of the other questions we've got here is, uh, what is the, sorry, what is it that she does which supports him in going on his journey? What about friends? What works? What doesn't? I guess. Okay. So, so, when COVID came, obviously, obviously, Mealy's a mum to our two boys. Yeah, she's also a homemaker. She was an yeah. incredible businesswoman herself. Uh, and then <clears throat> motherhood came. She was very sick on both pregnancies. Mm. After Ruben's autism diagnosis, uh, she like like we're now seeing the depth of knowledge that she gained post autism diagnosis. We're now seeing the true strength in that today and uh, the, the, the work that she has put in down through the years, just in having a stable, loving home a, yeah. somewhere that I've never known and something I've never really known, you know, uh, mm. ever. Really. That's beautiful. Mate. Um, so, uh, nice. so she, she spends her life, I suppose, dedicating herself to the kids and making sure that when I come home, that 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 we have a home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but in all, also when when COVID hit and the boys were a little bit older, uh, she said to me, um, the day the twentieth of March, twenty twenty, wasn't it? She said to me, you know, now you haven't had time off ever. She said now's yeah. your time to to like pause, reset, right? She said, I'll take over running the business. Oh my God, guys. Like wow. she is like her incredible business acumen. Like she's just got a way of dealing with people that yeah. is straight, zero bullshit. Like zero, mm. like straight, yeah. like, like, like I, I'm absolutely convinced, you know, she's killing me for saying this, but I'm convinced <laughs> that she's on the autism spectrum because she can't lie, right? <laughs> she she is just like super straight, like, and I think her straightness is really appreciated by people. Like yeah, she's yeah. like she doesn't she doesn't hold it in, right? She'll just uh, and and she she really does run the business, mm. and it's freed me up to That's properly, to, you know, to be kind to my team, to be supportive mm. to my team, to. Put the the effort and time into hair, uh, and and those things. And there's yeah. a lot that, that might sound small because I'm saying it in a sentence. Yeah. But it's the universe of yeah, what she does. So, so she yeah. she runs the home. She runs the business. She she runs everything. Wow. Like what it, can I say? It's, it's women incredible. are amazing. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Look. 
we can do many things all at once (laughs) it's it's it's, i'm delighted you said that amy right i'm delighted you said that because when you're in addiction and you're you're you know you probably look at your partner as a pain in the arse yeah genuinely yeah you look at your partner as the the person that's preventing you from you know fulfilling your dreams because they're always giving out to you about one yeah but in sobriety, if you approach it with the proper, you know, this is my opportunity. Like, yeah. And and look at them. Actually, can you imagine somebody chooses to be with you? Mm. Yeah. Like, a human yeah. being, anyone yeah. in this listening to this podcast, mm. if you're with somebody that chooses to be with you, mm. love them. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like, do yeah. we know how to love people? Do you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Uh, like it's you hard when people, you don't have that. Let me tell you, single right here. <laughs> it's just, it's, a mad, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Like, like you've got someone that has chosen to be with you and you nick and pick and fight and, you know. Mm, mm. Like, imagine, imagine you didn't do that, you know. Imagine mm. you decided that you were going to put your energy into actually loving this person. Yeah. Amazing, like it's yeah. yeah no, I'm gonna actually love this person and actually understand what it is to love people because when you're in addiction, you you don't you despise yourself. So so you don't you can't love like I said that in the podcast. You just you don't know what it is. Yeah, and, it, and it, it it just it's like energetic as well, right? So if you have that self hatred and everything, you just hate everything about yourself there's no room there to experience love right and so you yeah. so then energetically it spreads throughout the rest of your life on other people yeah. and those relationships but like you said when you stop and then you're giving yourself that sobriety you're giving yourself that journey and you start to love yourself yeah it actually it fills up and it like spreads out that way 100%. you know and then it only comes uh, back even more doesn't it 100 percent. that you couldn't have put yeah. it better like like yeah. when I when I was talking earlier on and I was about to make a point and I didn't make it because we went down, uh, down a different route. When when you drink, even even a casual drinker that that maybe might think to themselves, I wonder, do I have a little problem here because I can't yeah. do without that glass of wine in the evening? You know, mm. that's 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 even tiny little doubt, right? Can make you toxic. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so when your when your vagus nerve is affected by the intake of these things that are affecting your dopamine and your right, mm-hmm. like, does that toxicity transform into your life, into your relationships, into your ability to communicate with others? Is is it a little shame that you carry around that that you know? Do you take out on your work colleague and listen? My clients are very open with me, you know. I think I've hit the stage in my life where they feel that they can talk to me about anything. Like, hair, the, my hair, the hairdressing chair should be a sacred chair, and it is a sacred chair. It's different to any other profession. People yeah, open up to you. They tell you about their lives. They tell you what's going on. They tell you about their emotional insecurities and their pain and everything. And, you know... I wonder, and they tell me about their colleagues and their toxic colleagues and how difficult work is. And, and, and you have to ask yourself the question, do those people that have slight shame around their drinking, mm. 
and they go into work and they're feeling shame about themselves, project toxicity onto others. I heard a fabulous description of daily hangovers, right, as a psychological aftertaste. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, we suffered from psychological aftertaste on a daily basis that made you that little bit bitter, a little bit angry towards people. Your anger towards yourself was projected onto others. And the funny thing is that when, and again, I threw myself into podcasts live like you did, and you're listening to all these brilliant people telling you things. And, and this man once said, he said, you can have the most amazing work life, home life. You can have the most amazing relationship with your partner, with your children. You can have the home you want. You can have the financial life you want. You can have the life you always dreamed of. But in work, if you've got a toxic boss mm. or a toxic workforce, it can entirely ruin your life. Mm. Not yeah. like entirely because all of the things, other things, they don't matter because this this toxic force yeah. in your life that you haven't created, that yeah. that is... And another very powerful thing I heard, right? We wonder, is the world in a mental health crisis or, or is it an emotional health crisis? 100%. Mm. I, I, is I, it in a social health crisis? Mm. is it mental health or is it the others yeah it's mad yeah. isn't it yeah yeah now yeah i was thinking as you were talking and about my own relationship and and amy when you spoke about um i think the word selfish was being used like you know i know when i was drinking and using i became so selfish and scheming in my marriage mm. that I wouldn't, I'd, she'd be ringing me, she'd come, when are you coming home? I've cooked dinner. I'm, I'm just having one more. I'm just having one more. I'm just going yeah. uh, to, and, and I'd come home three hours later and fall through the front door. Now, thankfully, I'm still married to the same woman, the most amazing woman, who now is, you know, she put up with all of that shit. But now what's yeah. interesting yeah. is this, is there's trust there again because I front yeah. up and I show up and I'm, and I'm not reactive anymore because I'm not acting out on, you know, even with that, remove the drugs and alcohol, my character defects are still there, but I'm aware that I can be an arsehole without them. And so here's the mm. thing. So on a Sunday morning, I, I go, as you know, go ocean swimming. And the beaches at this time of year are absolutely packed to get a park. Like they've got the nippers going on. There's the lifeguard training. And I love winter swimming because it's quiet. But I say to my wife, can you drop me down to Coogee? Because I, you know, and just say, and I'll just jump on the bus. She's like, yeah, no problem. I'll drop you down there. If I'd asked her, can you drop me down the, the, the pub in Coogee until Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? She'd be like, or whenever on a Sunday, even four o'clock. She'd be like, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah. And she, and that would be that toxicity would be in my marriage all day, but she's more yeah. than yeah. happy to drive me anywhere now. And, and yeah. thankfully, yeah. because, She's like, mm. I know when I go, when he drop, when I drop him off down the beach, even though the beach is littered with bars and places for me to go, and that yeah. my time alone, where I want to go, I'm with my swim group, is a very different time to my time. Zero with, recovery. It's, it's not, you know, and that's what I, the point I was trying to make is the fact that what I thought I was doing in the pub, and I was having time alone and my downtime and bits and pieces, I was driving myself out of my mind. 
as where now yeah. I go and she if I if I go for three hours on a Sunday, she'll say, How was your swim? Did you have a nice time? Yeah. Who did you meet? Go, blah 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 blah. If I went to three hours yeah. to the pub on a Sunday, even if I'd come home when I said I was gonna come home, yeah, she'd be pissed off. Because it's time yeah. I'm not yeah. spending with her. And I think that's yeah. can I can I just tell you a little story? Um, please do. Saturday night, okay, and I'll tell you how much my life has changed. Saturday night, I'm sitting there watching my staff have a great time. Yeah. Okay. And then I take the decision to leave at 10.15. Okay. One of my beautiful staff members decided, Niall's going, this is my opportunity to go also. Mm. And she stood up and she said, are you leaving? And I said, I am. And she said, may I walk out with you? Now, this is an addict's thought, right? Okay. I was thinking, and even though there was there was absolutely nothing, I was thinking, here's me standing up and leaving with one of my beautiful staff on my own with her oh walking God, out yeah. of the hotel. All right? And I said, this is the difference, right? This is 10 years of sobriety. This is awareness, okay? I thought to myself, if any of the staff turned around and looked and thought, Niall's leaving, but he's leaving with one of the girls, right? I, I did so much damage to my reputation and my life, deep damage, that I still feel deeply today. In A lot of my clients, 99% of my clients are from outside of Limerick, put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they travel from all over the country. I destroyed my reputation in my own hometown, right? Mm, mm. So here I am on Saturday night at the Christmas party, walking out of the... Staff, uh, staff party with one of my staff okay for that whole walk to my jeep i'm thinking what is everyone thinking yeah. i've just mm-hmm. left with a staff member mm-hmm. so i got into my jeep and at exactly quarter past 10 i put in a video into the group chat to show i was on my own wow yeah. i was heading home to my home, to my partner, to my children. Mm. And I was thanking them for a lovely time. And that Mealy could see I was heading home at 10.15. The staff could see I was heading home at 10.15. And my other staff member had headed on to do her her thing for the evening. Yeah. And that's awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, when yeah, it's an awareness of this yeah. is now my reality. Yeah. And, yeah, and and I, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's different. And yeah. may I, may may I, may I also say, and I and, and I know that you're conscious of time now because of, but the last football match that I went to with Hugo, mm-hmm. my 11 year old son, uh, who I, as I said in the last podcast, attend matches with, he said to me on the way home from the the game, he said, um. Can I listen to the podcast you did with Clive and Amy, please? Oh wow! And, wow. and I said, I said okay. I said certainly uh, because I'd spoken obviously about it, you know, at home, mm. and and Hugo had said, I think I'd like to listen to that, and I kind of thought to Aww. myself, I wonder, do I want him to listen to it? Yeah. Um, and 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 he's he's such a little trooper, you know. And he said, uh, I'm just gonna. I said, you can listen to it. I said. But I want you to listen to it with your beats on, mm-hmm. and I don't want to listen to it with you. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to continue driving, and you listen to 
the podcast. Ten minutes in, I'm driving down the road, and Hugo's hand comes over and he places it in my hand. Oh. And didn't oh. leave my hand. Oh, until, And every every couple of minutes, he'd say to me, so proud of you, Dad. Oh, mate. Oh. And he said to me, he said, I can't believe that happened to you as a child. He said, you're so strong to have come out of that. And no one has ever said that to me. Oh, mate. Do you know? Oh. You've done me. And then, at the end, he went, Dad, you've really gone from zero to hero. Oh. oh, mate. I was oh. like, wow. I said, wow. if the Lord Fuck. took me then, <laughs> that that was the moment for me just driving home with Hugo, with his hand on my hand, listening oh. to my podcast. Wow, mate. Just like I'm so proud shaking his head, looking at his dad and thinking to myself, Something happened in my life to give me mm, that the opportunity mm. to have that moment. Wow. Oh, you know? No. no. And it was just incredible. It was incredible for me. And, and you know, I just thanked him. I didn't overreact. I did, you know, I just, oh. thank you so much, Hugo. That means so much to me. And, and he was like, yeah, that's great. And then last night when I was putting him to bed, he said to me, uh, he said, I'll see you in the morning. And I said, I'll be up really early because I'm doing the second part of the podcast with Clive and Amy. And he said, can I come down while you're doing it? Oh, <laughs> and I said, oh, I, I said no. And he said, he said, I'd really like to listen to it before I go to school. And I said, no, oh. <laughs> they, have to, they, have to, they have to do it. I said, but, but when it comes out, when it comes out, you can, you can listen to it. Oh. And, uh, you know, um, We'll yeah, give a little I, shout yeah, so, out to Hugo yeah, and, and yeah. say hello and also um, that we agree with you, Hugo, that your dad is definitely <laughs> he's a hero. one in a million. <laughs> yeah. And he's the only person that we've ever had on who's made me cry twice now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? You're the first person that's made me cry as well. So yeah. I, like, I was like, yeah. you melted me then. Um, yeah. I think this is a good place um, yeah. to... to I mean, I don't want to stop talking to you, but I, I, I was watching a film earlier on and I saw a quote in a film which I think is very fitting and uh, I had to write it down and it said, find light where darkness lies. And if anybody's found light where darkness lies, it's you, sir. And I'm so yeah. proud of you um, for telling your story. Exactly. And, mate, I've actually got goosebumps, all right? Um, Me too. I just, I think you're just such a beautiful human. I can't thank you for Me coming. Too. I can't wait to meet you. You know, it's, um, I, know. Yeah, I feel like I know you, but I do have a quick question. I'm going to finish this uh, on a little, yeah. I'll go a bit, a bit of a square. When you play your vinyl on the sevens, you put that round disc on yeah. the top. I saw little yeah. Louis Vega yeah. doing it recently and I thought, oh, I must yeah. be yeah. covering it up so I can't see what the record is. What the hell are no. they? <laughs> okay. Um, do you, want, do you want to see one? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm like, what is that thing? I've got to finish it on a lighter note because I was like, oh. You're getting jealous now, Clive. No, He's got these things no, that I'm you a, don't have. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm like, what are so they? So this oh. is my, they're my, can you see that? Yeah. They're my yeah. turntables. That's a Beautiful. Master Sounds mixer. Yeah. So yeah. so this. Yeah, that's what okay, it is. It's called, what is that? Called, okay, so it's called a record clamp, okay? Yeah. 
Hold on now. Yeah. I'll try and find you again there. It's called a record clamp. Yeah. Okay, so it's really weighty, okay, and it sits on top of your record, and and it holds it in position. When when do you ever do you ever play? You're playing records on a slip mat. Yeah. Okay. When you're DJing, sometimes they spin on the slip mat, or sometimes, uh, especially with seven inches. Yeah. Um. So this is this is a waste, and and it's meant to improve the sound, and probably does. But it also holds that record in position. Brilliant! What a clever really, idea! Really, really, it's, it's heavy. You know, what if you wouldn't? Yeah. You, you know, if I hit you in the head with it, you'd know all about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate! But thank you so great. much. So, for, I, I figured yeah. that's what it was. But I've, you, you and little Louis Vega, the only two people I've seen using them, and um, my dusty <laughs> old dirty records. I think if I put that on there, they're probably crack. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> Niall, it's been amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Amy. No, Thanks. have a wonderful Christmas, my friend, um, and sending you lots of love to Guys, you and you all too. the family. Um, Thanks, man. ladies and gentlemen. This is our very first uh, episode of Straight Edge the Podcast. As usual, if you love the podcast, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify too. We've got some incredible guests coming up, and uh, we've actually got a DJ coming up, uh, which is a, quite a good lead into this one. So, um, but so thank you, Niall. We love you, brother, and um, thank you. All the very best, and uh, take care. <laughs> <laughs>